read a couple of verses here in the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 22. If you're studying these scripture out, you'll find that there is a problem in the land of, of, of Jerusalem and Israel. There is a problem that come about. Uh, that, that maybe there is a lack of something. There's a lack of something in the land. There's a great problem in the land. You'll, I encourage you to go and look and uh, find. He said there's a problem that he said that Scripture said in prior chapters that the people had despised the Lord's holy things and uh, said that they had profaned the Sabbaths. They had uh, really turned their back on, the, on God. What has happened here in these scriptures? The uh, Bible said that, that in them were men that would carry tales. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, uh, just, and not only would they carry tales, but they'd shed blood. Well, as I got to thinking about that and thinking about the likeness of us today, what goes on with us, I'm telling you, it, it kind of resembles things that has happened. But in Jerusalem, we know there's walls around Jerusalem. There is a wall there around the place where God's people dwell. And uh, for some reason or other, it's really unbeknown to me. I've not figured it out yet, not found it as of yet, uh, that there's, there's gotten to be a breach in the wall. A part of the wall has been torn down. Not the whole wall, but just a part of it. Just a little bit of the wall. What is walls for? Walls are performed or made to keep out what don't need to come in. Walls are also made, made to keep in what don't need to go out. Pretty simple, isn't it? That's why walls are made. So we come to the, the verse number 30. If you, if you found your place and you would like to stand, I'm going to be as brief as I can this afternoon and uh, in preaching. And I wish that I could have, if, if it hadn't been Mother's Day, I would have preached this this morning. Uh, but I, been strange to preach to men on Mother's Day, all right, but I'm going to preach to you on Mother's Day anyhow. Uh, it may not be the morning, the morning service, but you're here and God knew who was going to be here the whole time. Listen to the words of the Lord, verse number 30, God speaking through his prophet, and he said, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with, with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. 
Father in heaven, help me tonight. Lord, I do need you. I'm feeble in my efforts and in my being. I'm unable, unprepared, unbeknowing, even unto me, God, what your will would be for us to speak this morning, this evening, other than the fact that you've led us to this place. But God, I do ask you for, for unction. I ask you for the Holy Spirit's leadership. I ask you, dear God, that you direct my mouth. Help me to say that, God, which heaven will be pleased with. Help me, Lord, not to say anything, Lord, that you might not get glory from. God, I sure do need you. I need your touch. I do need your help. God, would you speak to hearts today? For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 22 and verses 30 and 31 is what we read this, this evening. I want to preach to you on the subject for just a little while, on the subject of where are the men. Back in camp meeting time, y'all remember we were challenged a little bit on a certain night. Some people said they got mad and others said, well, you know, it may, it stirred me. And up when, when Brother Chris Hewitt preached and he challenged the men, said, where's the men? And uh, I've been looking at that subject, that thought, ever since then. I Go to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 19. I find where that God's speaking there, and I find that God used those prophets and used the prophet Isaiah, and he's speaking and amazed me because he's talking to Egypt. And he tells Egypt, he said, I'm looking for the wise men. Where are thy wise men? He asked that question to Egypt. People that could build pyramids like they built and without even a machine or, or anything like there, there were some wise men undoubtedly in the land and but the scripture said they were looking at that time God said where where are thy wise men I've been thinking about the question where are the men and God's often said this the throughout the scripture that there's a a need today for men. You think about what they're saying amongst the black community today against what would call themselves African Americans. They say the problem is that there's no longer a, a, a father figure in the home. That's the reason there's delinquents and that's the reason. And I, I know we're on, online and you say, preacher, that, that sounds racist. I'm not being racist. I'm just telling you what they say uh, for themselves. They, they're radio ads and everything else talking about there needs to be a a father figure involved in order to to, to make their uh, their their generation or this generation of people uh, more respectable. I reckon you'd say more uh, respectful. Where are the men? The attack against pastors, against laymen, against deacons and teachers and dads and husbands has proven to be a successful attack on Christianity. Can I tell you all that today? It's not just in the black neighborhood, it's in the white neighborhood too. It's not just in the black churches, but it's in the white churches as well. Where are the men today? I'm not saying anything. You say, preacher, you're kind of challenging us this morning, this evening. I want you to be challenged. And I want you to consider what we're thinking about here just a little while today. Where are the men? We come now to a time that the generation that's coming behind us 
will never witness what a godly man really is. We're the men of God. We're godly men, men that are not afraid to move, men that are not afraid to, to be stirred by the Spirit of God, men that are not afraid to, to pray, men that are not afraid to go to an altar, men that are not afraid to weep, men that are not afraid to shout, men that are not afraid to or shame. Let me say it, I should say like that, because we want to think we're so manly. Well, I ain't got, don't question my manhood. Well, well, I'm just here to tell you today, friend, if you'll get in your Bible and find out in your book what the book says, I'm afraid that we've come in short to the mark of what the Bible said, that a godly man really is. <coughs> As generations come and go, there's a consistent cycle down through the ages, Brother Job, of godly men succumbing to worldliness and to apathy. One thing I do see is that there is a large amount of apathy today amongst us. Amen. We're, we're, we're apathetic. We're satisfied. We're, 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 it's convenient for us to be just settled in where that we want to be. And really, we don't really have a spiritual desire to be any nearer to God Really, we can sit and listen to the preaching and we can say, boy, what a good message, preacher. Amen, amen, amen. What a good message, preacher. But nothing uh, spiritually ever changes in our life. Nothing ever, come, nothing ever makes us nearer. We can know that we're living against the will of God and we can sit in church with a clear conscience and with, and with, with, with a clean face and with a pure uh, face on us and, and look there and say, I know I'm guilty, but I'm failing to do anything about it. And I said, is that right now? We're setting it. The question is, where are the men? Remember, Abraham Lincoln said this, and I want you to listen to this real closely. Abraham Lincoln said, America will never be destroyed from the outside. He said, if we falter and lose our freedoms, it'll be because we destroy ourselves. Boy, that's to say, that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing, um, uh, we're seeing America being destroyed, and it's not the communists, and it's not the, it's not the, uh, the, 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 the Muslims uh, that's destroying us. It's we are destroying ourselves from where? From the inside. Why? Y'all don't get me mad with me when I tell you today that there's a lack of godly men in America. There's a lack of godly men in the church. There's a lack of men, period, in the church. But there's certainly a lack of godly men. I was thinking about this and studying on, these, on this line, and I was thinking about, about England. Y'all know about England, right? England, where, where our forefathers came from, where the people that, that, that came over here for religious freedoms came from, where the, that, where the, that, that people such as Charles Spurgeon uh, would come from people such as uh, George Whitfield, uh, the great preacher, would come from people such as uh, William Carey, the Baptist uh, missionary, uh, would come from people such as David Livingston, uh, the the man that would go to Africa and would would he would have his heart buried uh, in Africa, where, where that he would come from, play, the place of England where the Reformation began and and where great revivals took place, uh, the where, where the Welsh revival took place, where the and today, England is a spiritual graveyard. You stand on the front of the Metropolitan Tabernacle, Brother Gary Chris said he'd done this while he was over there 
stood in front of the Metropolitan Tabernacle where Charles Spurgeon preached until he died, where he pastored until he died, where there was a great move of God in such a way there uh, when that man would preach and they would ask people passing by, have you ever heard of Charles Spurgeon? And they said, I don't believe I ever have. I don't think I've ever heard of him. If you mention George Whitfield anymore in England, they don't know who George Whitfield would be. Dr. David Livingston is known for his, uh, his, uh, his uh, journeying more than what he's... He, he went to Africa to, to go through the continent of Africa not just to, de- to lay out a map but to carry the gospel. And all they know is that he went there and he journeyed throughout the whole continent of Africa. Dr. Livingston, I presume you've heard that statement. He was a preacher, by the way. But today, they don't know the truth of him. Today, England is ravaged with immorality. England is ravaged with liberalism (laughs) and rampant ungodliness. The crime rate in England is at all-time highs. Get a hold of this. 54.5 people out of 100 people this year in England will be affected or will be victims of what they call a violent crime. 54.5 people out of 100. What's wrong? The influence of a godly man is missing. The Bible said in Psalm 32, verse 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So if I gather anything, we got they, they opened a new church today and had their first service in Scotland over there. Brother Alverson and them had their, their first service. And one of our missionaries, praise the Lord, they had their first service this morning, 1030, their, their time there uh, in Scotland. And uh, there in, in They've got such a beautiful place that God's provided. And I don't know how many people were there, but I can tell you they wasn't fighting for seats there. When I looked around, I said they had the question, where are the men? Where did this fall begin? Where does it begin? We're going to be brief this afternoon, but I want to be to the point just as much as I can be. First of all, I see it beginning in the home. Listen as I say this. Men today today have trouble controlling their homes. Have trouble controlling their homes. So many today, their wives run run the home. Their children are delinquent. They can't control their wives. They can't control their children. And they can't control themselves. There's so many today that have trouble in their home. Everything in our home seems today to be chaos. Everything seems to be trouble and turmoil in our homes anymore. It's all centered around worldliness and ungodliness. And our homes today are, 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 are calculated by uh, how, what we got in there that we can tinker and play with. Rather than what we have that we can carry with us in eternity. David's life got out of sorts when David's home got out of sorts. 
David, I'd say, was a man's man. Wouldn't you say David was a man's man? I don't believe he was no sissy-footed little old fellow walking around, pansying around in, you know, in, in his uh, Reeboks and stuff. I don't believe he was doing all that. I believe, he was a, I believe he was, David was a man's man. I believe he was a godly man. And I believe he was a... Well, we know that he was a man of war because he wasn't allowed to, to, to build the temple because of uh, the fact that you know he had shed blood and, and he could prepare and Solomon was able to to build that temple. Well, what a great what a great thing what a blessing that was. But 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 David, you know, he he was a man's man. He prayed and and he also played. Uh, but we find that not only did he pray and play, but he he warred. But he also worshipped. And, and there's no question as whether or not he was a man. <coughs> David was a man. But when his attention left his duties. Listen to me now. When his attention left his duties. His home began to suffer. First of all with his wives. Secondly with his children. And, wind, and, and in the end it was his kingdom. But it all began in the home. Today we see that men don't want to be men at home anymore. We want our little special time. We want our devices. We want to get over here. We don't want to be fooled with. We don't want to have anything to do with, with spirituality at the house. Y'all help me here because I'm telling you right now. We don't want anything to do with spirituality at home. We don't, we don't want to be called upon. We don't want to be bothered. We don't want to look at the, the Bible. We don't want God's Word to have any preeminence. We, 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 and we want to come to church and put on our show and make like we're somebody. But friend, all in all, we're lacking in the work of God and in the will of God. And we're lacking with our family. And our families are suffering today because there's a lack of a godly man in the home. There's a lack of, I'm not saying lack of men, but a lack of godly men. Our text that we read this, this evening consists of one of the saddest messages as far as I'm concerned that's in the Bible, Brother Joe. I mean, it's just very, very sad when, when you read the scripture there in, in, in verse number 30. And he said, and I sought for a man among them that shall make up the hedge. And stand in the gap before me for the land. That I should not destroy it. Notice this. But I found none. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? That God would look throughout Israel. To find one man to stand in the gap of the wall of Jerusalem. Brother Joe, to stand in the gap there. And to protect and keep out what's trying to come in. And to keep in what's trying to get out. That God said he searched and he looked and he was hunting and he was trying to look around. And he was trying to find. But he found none. God, you're just asking a little bit too much of us. I'm telling you today, God's looking for men and godly men in the church. Y'all okay? God's looking for godly men in the house of God also today. 
I'm talking about God's looking for men to get above average and to get and to get out of mediocrity and to get away from just the ho hums and the and the things that we've always done and the things we're accustomed to and get to the place where there's spirituality again in the house of God and there's not going to be any spirituality until men decide that we're going to be men of God and not just the male uh, in the place not just the one that uh, that wears the breeches but we're going to be those that uh, that that will uh, that will hold on to the truth and that will uplift lift the blood-stained banner and we're going to be the ones that's going to stand for the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be the ones to lead our family. We're going to be the ones to lead our wives. Preacher, that's what I want to do. I want to be the leader. Being a leader means more than being the boss. Y'all quiet right there. Let me say that again because that must have struck the snag right there. Being a leader means more than being the boss. The Bible tells us, I mean, if you study the scripture, the wall had been compromised and there was a gap there. God needed some man to stand in that gap. God needed some man that would have a backbone enough to stand there and keep out what's trying to come in. Lord, we need that in churches today. Well, preacher, that's why we got you here. I'm going to tell you something. They can't but one fellow put up with so much of a fight. I'm here to tell you. You say, preacher, are you calling us out? Absolutely. Some of you sat here today, and you're in such a state of, state of mediocrity. You say, I wish I'd have went on the left one. With the rest of them, God got you here. He must wanted you to hear something, okay? But we've come to the place where in such a state of mediocrity, we're complacent and we're content and we're okay with being half-hearted. Amen. I ought to be shouting right there, I'm telling you. We're okay with being half-hearted. We're okay with being with being being stagnant. We're okay with no movement. We're okay with no spirituality in our home. We're okay with a lack of spirituality in the church. We're okay with nobody getting saved. We're okay with nobody getting getting under conviction. We're okay with no move of God in the house of God. You say, preacher, but what we've got, everybody else brags, friend. It's not what we've got. I remember what we had. I can't help what everybody else don't have. I know what we've let slip by. We're the men. God wanted a man there to enforce separation. <laughs> Woo! Y'all hear what I said? God wanted a man to enforce separation. Somebody to stand there and said, oh no, we're not going that way. Oh no, we're not going to do that. Oh no, we're not going to do these things. God wanted a man to stand in the way of his family and said, oh, I may not be popular. I may not be, it may not be what y'all want to hear. It may be youngins. It may not, it's probably going to make me look bad in your eyes. But there's some things we're not going to do. Some things we're not going to, listen, friend, quit trying to be your youngins' buddy and start being their godly example. Start being their, their spiritual leader. Start being the one that they'll look to for, for guidance and they'll look to in days gone by and say, thank 
Thank you, Daddy, for standing in the gap. Thank you, Daddy, for holding the, of the rope. Thank you, Daddy, for staying in the way and not giving up the stuff. We're the men. God searched and he couldn't find one. We need men of God today. We need men, men to be different than we've been for years now. Let me ask you this. Y'all look up here and look at the preacher. Put your God-given eyes on me. How many of you men are okay with the ladies being the spiritual leaders in the church? I know it's hard. Many of y'all are okay with the ladies being more spiritual than what the men are. The ladies toting the spiritual load. But Joe, like I said before, Ray Charles can see it. And it's not that way just here. It's just about everywhere you go. It's just about everywhere you look. But how many of us are okay with it? We're the men. You see, it comes down to this, either the exceptional man or the common man. Proverbs 20 and verse number 6 said, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. A faithful man. God help me. A faithful man who can find. I said it's the difference between exceptional. Let's look at exceptional for just a minute. The word exceptional, what's the definition of that? Exceptional is, means being the exception. It means, y'all writing this down? It means being the exception. It means being uncommon. It means being well above average. It means being extraordinary. The third definition is deviating widely from the norm. The exceptional man. Most of us today are cordial. We're hardworking. We even clever it pretty at times. Really, all in all, we're pretty ordinary. What qualities about you? I'm asking you individually. This you ain't got to answer it aloud. You answer it yourself. What qualities are there about you that would put you in a higher percentile? What qualities about you would make you be an extraordinary man? I, I was thinking this morning as I was finishing up these thoughts on this thing, I was thinking about my youth. My younger days coming up in church, my teenage years. I thought about men that stood, that stood head and shoulders above the rest. 
back when men were in the church and godly men were there and they didn't have to have a title they didn't have to have a crown they didn't have to be seen but they were God's men I thought about an old man named Brother Oik Davis that I could recall as being he was an old man when I was a teenager and I can remember him taking me under his wing and instructing me and, and helping me and putting a hunger inside of me to want to be like he was. Remember him taking me aside. Just an average. He was nothing, Brother Joe, in Ten Mile Baptist Church. I think he may have been a deacon. But, I mean, anybody can be a deacon. Y'all know that. But he'd take me to the side, Brother Daniel, and he'd say, Bill, I, I believe God's going to work in your life, son. And he'd say, can I go pray for you? I didn't ever know what to, I'd say. Walk out there and I'd sit there and listen to him pray and he'd cry. He'd pray. Brother Herman Bond. Brother Herman Bond. Brother Herman said, Bill, I heard you sing. You do all right, boy. I said, Thank you, Brother Herman. I want you to come up here and help me lead singing. I remember being a teenage boy getting to first scared to death and him asking, him making me lead singing. Put a hunger in my heart. Look, I, it wasn't just what, he, what he'd done, but it's the way he lived. I'd go, he had an old store out on Highway 26, and I'd go in Brother Herman's store, and, and he'd have some old long-haired boy backed up against the counter, and he'd be preaching to him, telling him about Jesus. He put something inside of me. He instilled something inside of me that I don't see today even in myself. We're the men. Where are the men that's that way? Where are the men that, that had a love for God, that didn't have to have a title, that didn't have to be known as preacher, that didn't have to be known as pastor, but they, they had a love for God. There's one still today that's, uh, that's still over there at Ten Mile Baptist Church. His name is Brother James Breland. And, and when I think about him, when I, when I see him, I, I get all swelled up inside every time I see him because uh, he put, made such an influence in my life because of his love for God. Missing those men today. Riker is missing those men. Zachary is missing those men. Connor is missing those men. Where are those men? Sure, you're being an influence to them, but which way are you influencing them? Which way are you pointing them? What are they gaining from your life? Where are the men? What made those men different? There were three traits about them that I was writing down this morning that I believe made them different. There was boldness. They were balanced. And they were biblical. Boldness in the fact that, well, it's not uncommon to find one of those traits in a man. Maybe you even find two of them. But to find all three of them, Brother Mike, is saying something. Finding all three of those traits in a person, Brother Joe, finding boldness, balance, and biblicity is something. Look at boldness for a start with. 
I think about the opposite of boldness, and that is cowardice. Cowardness is disgusting. Wouldn't you say so? When you say that cowardness is disgusting, stand for what's right and do it. Not not be one of them me too guys. I have you, you know, come up with something. Do what is spiritually needed regardless of how the wind's blowing. Do what's spiritually needed regardless of what one thinks. Stick with the book. Stick what the book says. Regardless of what, what others around you may think about it. Just stick with the book. To be bold does not mean to be bullish, by the way. It doesn't mean to be bullheaded. But you can be a, a man of God and be willing to be a man of God and, and stick with the stuff. You don't have to be a stubborn and stupid and all the others, uh, but you can, you can be uh, sound and, and you can, can have a boldness about you that folks can see. Raise your boys to be men. Today's Society is full of, don't say it, I'm going to say it, I got it wrote down, I'm going to say it. I wrote it down this morning early. Today, society is full of domineering women and spineless men. That's produced tree-hugging liberals, peace-loving demonstrators today that we see. What are you saying all that for, preacher? Because things have gotten out of order in the home. If godly men would only be godly men and be bold enough to pray, to move, to repent again, there's no telling what we'd see. We need godly men. Can I, can I tell you, North Spoon Baptist Church needs godly men. And I, I'm one of them. I, 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 need to be a, I need to be a more godly man. And, and listen, let me go ahead and tell you, you need to be a more godly man. Listen, boys, Zachary, listen to preacher right now. I love you. And you, you, you're getting to be a young man. I'm going to tell you, you're not too young to be a godly young man. You're not too young to get a hunger for the Word of God and get a hunger for the things of God and to want God more than you want anything else. You're not too young. It don't matter what nobody else tells you. You're not too young to want God. I, you hear me? Riker, you're not too young. Both of you profess to be saved. Somebody ought to want to show them how to be a godly man. Somebody ought to want to show them. There's boldness and there's balance. Job 31.6 said, Let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. Let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. Can I ask you a question? Look up here at me. What are you known for? What do people know you for? Your job? Well, he's a hard worker. It's good. You ought to be. 
for your hobbies. Well, we hunt together. We play together. I, I hunt with that old boy there. We ride four-wheelers. Got to go mud riding. Y'all stay with me. What are you known for? For some vice you have? Or could it be that you're known because you're God's man? When I think back of Brother Oak Davis, Brother Herman Bond, Brother James Breland. In my book, I know them because they were God's men. That when the church fell to pieces, when the church fell to pieces, those men would rise up together. When the preacher would take off and leave, those men would stand up and would say, folks, we've got to come together and pray. They would be the ones, Brother Mike, would go love on you. Say, nay, we can't get we can't get discouraged. We gotta stay strong. We need one another now more than we need anything. Those were the oh brother Oit Davis, man, he was such a brother James, man, such a blessing to me. Had I never been God never called me to preach, I never could ever say that I didn't know what a godly man was. Because I've seen a godly man. I was raised in the presence of godly men. I blessed the Lord because of it. I was never ridiculed or made fun of. Because I had a desire for God. But I was encouraged. And they encouraged me. To have that. An unbalanced man is often a selfish man. The important areas of his life is often left undone because he has something else to do. Y'all know what I'm talking about there? Really ain't got time for the things of God because my business is more important than God's business. Y'all listening to me? I need to say that again got more important things to do because my business is always more important than God's business. Somebody say amen right there. We're the men. It's hurtful, y'all. Don't think I enjoy preaching this because I have preached it to myself before I could preach it to you. The number three, and I'm done. The third trait was, was biblical. Remember the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Remember what the scripture says. All scripture is given by inspiration, by, the, by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. One of the problems we have with men today, you can have the first two right, but one a shortfall today is this one you hear. The Bible. Biblical ignorance is a plague today amongst people. I've heard folks fuss and get in arguments and and they're about to cuss one another out over a scripture that you couldn't even find in the Bible. 
Our Bible said something like this, and they try to quote at something, and it don't have nothing to do with nothing to do. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I remember when I was just a boy, I heard the Scripture quoted. My grandma used to quote the Scripture, and, every, and she called it Scripture, but she said every tub's got to sit on its own bottom. She quoted it for Bible. Got good. It's got, I, mean, I understand the meaning. you got to, the same thing as, you know, Make your bed hard, you got to lie in it, okay? Same thing. I got to hunting that scripture one day. I was going to preach it. It ain't in the book. It ain't there. I remember having to tell her, my mom, that ain't in the Bible. Well, it's still good, son. I know it is, my mom, but it ain't in the Bible. A lot of us don't have a knowledge. We, we're... we're we're, we're biblically ignorant, and it's become a plague amongst people, amongst men in the church. How many of you encourage one another as, as men? I, I see my wife's phone all the time. It dings sometimes late at night, and everything go to dinging, and y'all don't go to sleep. It'll bing and ding, and who's that? This this one telling me they read this, and this one telling me they read that, and this one, and I say, okay. And that's good. I, I'm not fussing about that, believe me. But you know what? I never have had a text from none of you men that's ever said, I just finished my reading. I read this today. I read that today. I don't know about you, but that condemns me. Maybe you're okay with it. We got folks won't come to, we've been praying, trying to pray in men's meetings. Since we started praying in men's meetings, four men's meetings over with, about half folks quit coming. There's something wrong? Well, I don't like sitting there listening at all. Maybe you don't know what's going on. How many of us are lying the Word of God today to separate us from worldliness? Cut away the things that need to be cut away with, done away with. How many of us today want to be exceptional men? I'm done. I know you say, thank God. Can I ask you a question? Where's the men? Where's the men? The Bible said, God said he, he looked and he couldn't find one that was standing in the gap. If God's looking right now for you, are you willing to be the exceptional man? I'm going to move out to the end.